The DeFalco Files is an entertainment-based program. Some memories of certain events might be fuzzy. All opinions are that of the host. Content might not be appropriate for children and some adults. Listener discretion is advised. And remember, the truth is here. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting presents The DeFalco Files with FSW owner Joe DeFalco and your host, Matt Michaels. Hey everybody, it's Matt Michaels here on The DeFalco Files with the owner and creator of FSW, the future stars of wrestling here in Las Vegas, Mr. Joe DeFalco. And Joe, how's your week going? You know, it's going. It's only Tuesday, so... Um, did you do, uh, any, um, uh, let's say extracurricular, uh, gambling, uh, this past weekend? Every weekend. <laughs> well, I guess the, then the, the question is, uh, was it a good weekend for you or was it a bad weekend for you? It started off well. <laughs> imploded, oh, after, imploded after that. <laughs> And uh, yeah, there, there you go, everyone. If you don't live in Las Vegas, that is pretty much uh, the ongoing theme uh, out here. Yeah, I did all right, then I didn't do so well. <laughs> you know, it's always like after a good day, you can't have like a, a follow-up good day. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, the, you know what the. The money needs to be given back to the casino, of course. So it's like a four hundred one k. I keep making a deposit in there, you know, waiting for the withdrawal. Right. Oh man, um, this past uh, this past Saturday night, you had uh, Ground Zero at the FSW Arena, and uh, we saw uh, Bateman come back to uh, F- FSW after quite some time. Um, Man, he had a um, a slobber knocker to steal the term against uh, Cutthroat Cody. Um, how do you think uh, Cody uh, ended up handling himself in that match? You know, I, I didn't expect any differently. That's kind of why I put that match together. It was kind of like, okay, we're going to bring ba- Bateman back. And it's like, why bring him back to wrestle some undercard guy, you right. know? It's not going to do much for him, you know. You know, between, you know, Cody, Funny Bone, and Remy, you know, those guys have, are, are true FSW originals. You know, they've been there pretty solidly throughout. Kenny King, of course, but he has gone on to brighter pastures, so the usage of Kenny King has been limited throughout the years. You know, to think 13 years in, you know, Look at those three guys. They're all in the best shape of their lives as, you know, they're closing in in their late 30s to 40 years old, you know. Well, let me ask you about that. And it's something we've never talked about. Um, When you look at the difference between, uh, you know, 10 to 15 years ago in that time frame when you guys were just kind of starting out, do you think over that time period that guys have gotten even more conscious about trying to extend their careers by getting themselves into the best shape of their lives when they are in their, you know, mid thirties to early forties? Is that just something that now people are really taking more seriously because of the fact there's so many opportunities out there? I don't know if that's the reason to me, I believe the reason is when you're younger, you think you can, you know, do anything. And, you know, look at the evolution of a, of a Kevin cross. Oh man, this guy's in great shape. Look at Brian cage. Oh man, this guy's in great shape. And then a couple years later you see him and like, Oh wow, this guy's in really great shape. And then you see him again later and like, man, I, I can't believe he's even in better shape. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, the older you get, the harder you have to work. But let's show, you know, let's speak truthfully. You know, Cutthroat Cody was 
chubby crash test Cody for a long time. Then he right. became really skinny Cody. And then now he's, you know, powerlifting and, and banging the gym. And, you know, he's doing everything. And now he's bulked up Cody. You know, Remy Marcel was the happy-go-lucky fro guy, you know, who had a, you know, he's the Chris Jericho of FSW, you know, always having to try to invent himself. And now uh, he's in the best shape of his life. And then Funny Bone was always uh, the crazy fucker. You know, you never know what he was going to do. And now he is a true beast out there. He's a monster. You know, he is so jacked up. And, you know, this is a guy who I remember him walking in the doors at, at Russia's school in like 1998 or 1999. So that means this guy's been doing it for 22 years or so. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and he's always been a guy who's been in really good shape, but now he's just taking it you know, to another level. And I think a lot of that has to do with hopefully the older you get, the wiser you get. And you, you, you know, you try to do things that prolong the career, you know, maybe being a little bit more on the power side means funny bone can limit the craziness he's going to do, which also did cause a lot of injuries early on in his career. You know, right. the very first show we had, he was part of, but he couldn't wrestle because he had broken his collarbone, you know, and he's done some crazy shit over the years. And in some cases, I remember right before we were getting started and we were talking about it, and I think he'd broke his leg up in NorCal. And, you know, those are just what comes with the territory of, you know, jumping off backboards and shit. <laughs> Um, you know, the uh, we go from the uh, older, more matured wrestlers to um, just one heck of uh, a match between uh, Jay Vidal, who was defending the No Limits Championship against Eli Everfly. Um, when you think about these two and the match they just had, compared to the matches that they had before, what did you see that was different for you and did you kind of like this better than the last time those two uh hooked up uh last year to me it was a continuation it was like these guys spent seven eight months i don't even know how long ago that that last match was but it was like they just picked up right where they started you know it's almost like a two out of three falls match that is going over a year. You know what I mean? It's like I could watch those guys all day. And I know the last time we had Eli Everfly when he won the, the four-way, he was a little more limited. And he was in with Funny Bone Gatson and, and, and Bodie. But he had just been coming off injury. Even now, he still hasn't been wrestling that much. And right. I know he's trying to get everything in check and – after the May shows, he's going to take some time off, which is disappointing because as I'm watching the match again, you know, normally, okay, Jay Vidal beat him, you know, a year ago, whatever. Great match. Many people say the best match of the year. Now they have a match again, and it's like, okay, well, Jay Vidal's 2-0 against Eli Everfly, but I'm, I was looking to push the envelope. You know, I'm thinking like, the first ever FSW death match or something between these two crazy motherfuckers. You know what I mean? And it's like, again, you know, Eli's been on and off because he was injured for a few months. And I remember when he came out in the four way, he, he had gotten like a big bump from the Jay Vidal and, and the, the stuff What he, uh, he had a great match with Gregory Sharp last year, right. you know, that where he kind of just leveled out because he hadn't been around. And it was like on this show, kind of people remembered like, oh, yeah, this fucking guy is awesome. You know what yeah. I mean? And it was like, what's funny is I always like watching Eli on the mat doing the submissions and things. Yeah. And he really didn't do a lot of that at all in this match. You know, this one was straight 
straight to the bleachers, man. It was like, all right, just don't break the fucking wall. Rocky will go crazy, you know. But and that's why it was like double main event. I felt Cody and and Bateman would really get people going with the hard hitting, you know, two two bad motherfuckers. Who's who's the tougher guy? Yeah. And follow it up with with Jay and Eli in a different version of who's the toughest guy. Yeah. What I mean, and it was yeah. like, you know, I thought the the, the Cody Bateman match might have been a tad a tad long, and I thought the Eli uh, J match might have been a tad short. You know what that I mean? Like, yeah. could have shaved a couple minutes off one, could have added a couple minutes, but either way, they were both awesome matches. You yeah. know, the crowd, you know. Thankfully, because, you know, it's easy to forget. And, you know, from the minute he walked out, Bateman got a very good reaction. And the crowd, uh, you know, was, was very into the match from beginning to end. And sometimes when you're doing that style where it's more mat-based and, and, and feeling each other out and being methodical, sometimes the crowd kind of gets to that. You know, that modern-day crowd, like, what the fuck? Why is not somebody jumping off the top rope and, right. you know, doing the 43rd suicide dive of an eight-match show? You know what I mean? And it was good to see that our fans really embraced that style of match. And then to follow it up with the, with the, the final match with Eli and Jay being a polar opposite. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and the crowd just, you know digging that from beginning to end. So, you know, and, and sprinkled in the rest of the card was was pretty solid all the way through. But the last two, you know, that's what makes a great show. When the last two matches are fantastic, right. then if you did have a couple of clunkers in the middle of the show and the early part of the show, it's long forgotten about. Not that there right. was any clunkers on the show, you know, there was a couple of matches. Yeah, they were fine. You know, not, nothing out of the ordinary. But because of the ending, uh, I think it will be universally praised as one of our better shows. Yeah. Um, how do you think uh, TBD is doing? Um, you know, they essentially had no opponent going uh, almost into the week. Um how did you come about getting the the opponents for them, and how do you think that the match uh, ended up faring? Well, you know, and initially we had the Suavecitos in that spot, and then uh, when I saw Danny, he was like, "Hey, SA, you know, we're booked the best of the West." And it's like, "Bro, thanks for fucking telling me." You know what I mean? It's like, you know, I give you guys the dates in advance, so it's yeah. like, fuck. You know, where do we go? So, you know, I, I hit a, a couple of teams who worked for us recently. The Revolution, they were booked. Uh, other one of Juicy's guys, Alpha Zoe and, and his other partner that we used a couple months back, you know, they were booked. Uh, Final Destination, they were booked. Uh, you know, I hit up some guys, but then I didn't hit up the guys because b-boys level up they were running that weekend that's sh- that day also so there was nobody available there and it was like fuck you know where do we go and then uh, i got a listing of the arizona guys these guys come down whether they're booked or not and right. you know eldon for now juicy's cousin well at least juicy's cousin's looking to get revenge for juicy and and Koa was a big kid, you know. He had a match with Ricky, that eh, nothing special, you know. Uh, you know, the the younger guy didn't bring it that day, so it's like, well, you know, he's here, he's helpful, you know. We need a big guy in a big spot, and hopefully these guys, you know, can, can do the job. And the one thing I noticed from the get go, you know. Hero's definitely a guy whose uh, personality has really engaged since being put in with Shogun. You know, he's really yeah. rubbing off on him. 
And then the one thing I noticed about Shogun was when he came out, you know, the personality just exuded from him. You know, in the past, I'm not sure that I've really noticed that enthusiasm that he comes out and, again, no fault of his own in with Kenny. They're the tag champs. He probably, as a tag champ, had to wrestle more singles matches. He did a tag match with Hero. You know, once we did the Mecca in March when they defended, they basically didn't do anything together for a year. And then we kind of had a setup with Kenny King wrestling Damian Drake. And I believe Vandegrift ended up working like Shogun on one of the shows before that. So Shogun didn't really get the opportunity. And I think being with one of his boys, you know, really lets him feel that they can have a good run this time. Like, you know, I'm probably not the only person who said, hey, you know, again, it's not his fault, but that title reign was a failure. And, you know, COVID had a lot more to do with it because with Kenny, you know, they still were doing some tapings with no people, but they had to get quarantined and they had to, you know, had to take the tests and and he had to be careful because that's that that's where his money's at. You know what I mean? So he couldn't jeopardize a three day TV taping to make a school show when the, because we're not doing casino shows. So, you know, Unfortunately, we didn't get the opportunity to do what we wanted to do, you know, in, in, you know, in that time frame. So now it's almost the reset button gets hit. Kenny's replaced by Hero, who's going to be around all the time, you know. So he's excited. That's his first title reign yeah. in FSW. And then Shogun, you know, he, 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 he's the guy that, he, you know, he's going to carry Hero on his back. You know what I mean? So the key is making sure we get quality opponents for them. Yeah. Um, Chris Brody, Davian Jacot, and uh, Devin Reno. Um, did you – was that put together uh, like day of or, or week of? Um, How did you come up with that three-way? And uh, Grizz is really impressing. Okay, first off, he is no longer Grizz Brody. He is Blair Brody because we already have the Grizzly Caljack. So we okay. don't want there to be any confusion. So okay. we're going to go back to Blair Brody. So <clears throat> the deal is we're very high on Blair Brody. Got the list of the schedule. He wasn't going to be there April 23rd. So I re-messaged him. Hey, bro, I saw that you're going to be here the 7th. Uh, you're not available the 23rd. He goes, no, I'm unfortunately other commitments. I can't make it. No problem. Then like the next day, he sent me a message and it was like, Hey bro, I'm going to be able to be there. I'll be there the 23rd. I'm like, okay, cool. Now another week passes and I'm going through stuff and trying to finalize the card. And I'm like, Oh yeah, Blair Brody's going to be there. Blah, 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 blah. And then I'm like, Oh wait, he said he couldn't make the 23rd. So now I scratched him from it. So Devin Reno and Davion was scheduled to be the singles match. And then all of a sudden he showed up and I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I remember now. Yeah, you did tell me, you know, not his fault. So we're thinking like, hey, Snipes was there. Maybe right. we'll put him in a, a pre-show match, whatever we're going to do. And it's like, you know what? We don't have a three-way match. This is a good match. Uh, you know, Davion can be the tweener. You know, yeah. he does, he'll get some love because he's a Vegas kid uh, who kind of works as a heel. Devin Reno, he's the pure heel. Brody, we have as the baby face. It'll be a good dynamic. And I thought that match was uh, extremely solid. I thought Davion stood out in, yeah. in that match. You know, I think uh, he had a lot of those uh, those early hiccups. But I think Funny Bone with those shots to the head might have woken him up a little bit because he brought some aggression that I have never seen on his part in the, in that match. you know. But he left early, and I had to yap at him about it. And he was like, oh, my dad was my ride. It's like, well, you know, get a ride from somebody else, you know. 
you're a young kid. You can't be having a match on a big show and then disappearing before the show's over. So, yeah. Um, does that excite you when you see, uh, uh, you know, one of the, the younger guys, uh, who was, you know, or is a student, uh, still, start finding that level of confidence i mean it just it's it's night and day between what you have seen him do and what you're seeing him do now uh in terms of i think that that difference between um being a a green guy and now starting to really kind of find a character find that presence and um being able to um you know, have this, this clay now to mold. Is that something that you kind of look forward to in a, in a guy like him? Well, see, what you got to understand is when you talk about somebody's level of confidence, unfortunately in, you know, a decent amount of cases, also the level of arrogance starts to rise also. Right. Now, some people, then they start feeling their oats and what about me? And why aren't I getting this? And what about that guy? And, you know, the key is always worrying about yourself. If a spot's going to arise, you're going to get it. You know, right. we're going to have the issue coming up on AEW weekend, for example. Okay. Talked with Sammy, put the idea of a card together. And the top FSW guys, the... Funny Bones, we're going to try to get a match for. The Remy Marcells, the Cody's, Jacob Austin Young, Jay Vidal, Matt Vandergrift, Damian Drake, you know, Gregory Sharp, guys that are at the top of the card and have been there for a long time. Now, disappointment comes when an Xander, a Brett the Threat, a Sky High, you know, guys who have, have been doing really, really well. You know, there's only so many spots on an FSW versus Revolver show. So now if there's 12 guys on my side, that means there's 12 guys that won't be on the show that are representing FSW because they're going to be Revolver guys. Plus, we're also trying to, you know, make sure there's bigger name guys on the show. So, you know, a Chris Bay would have been on the show if he was available. Chris Bay is going to be on the show on the Thursday but he's not able to be on the Friday and then he's going to be at revolver on Saturday, but a Kenny King who generally, you know, is going to be on some shows, not a lot. He's going to be on the revolver FSW show. So that kind of takes the spot. So even our tag team champions, TBD, they might be the champions, but death proof kind of have the seniority and the clout because of what they've done. So, you know, the idea is, well, you know, we're going to try to get TBD on the Thursday show for sure, at least. And and that's the key, you know, of trying to get as many guys as possible on the show. And, you know, in these cases, you know, sometimes it's business, you know. And the thing is, people will get just, you know, I I don't like to use the word upset, but I'll, I'll use the word disappointed. But it's also disappointing when we have a show April 23rd and 10 of our guys are booked elsewhere and not checking dates on on us. So I feel disappointed that we can't do certain things because these guys have taken bookings. And I get it. Sometimes they take a booking before a date. But when somebody is your number one priority, like when Jordan Cruz committed to – FSW for Future Shock on May 7th, he didn't know B-Boy was running a show. And now he hits me up last week and says, hey, Joe, I hate to do this, but Level Up's running on May 7th, and that's my home promotion, so I'm going to have to do that show. And it's like, you know what? I totally understand. You, You know what I mean? It's like, that's your priority. That's your bread and butter. You know, when they do shows, they're counting on you. And I know we got a lot of guys, but when I get messages and being like, oh, I'm available for all of them except the next three. It's like, well, I've only listed five. 
and you can't make three in a row. So I don't know why you would use the term I'm available for all of them, but you know what I mean? It's like, okay, we got five shows. You're going to miss one. I'm available for all but the 23rd. Hey, and what's funny is everybody posted, you know, they were all available AEW weekend, of course. Oh, wow. <laughs> Surprise. You know, nine. I think every single person who posted, uh, it was between the April 23rd, May 7th, and the show we had done before that, <clears throat> I believe the 4th or whatever it was, 6th, I'm not sure. But yeah, out of those three shows, those were the majority of the ones that people couldn't make. <laughs> so I got oh. 600 guys available for me AEW weekend. Uh, we're going to do the 200-man battle royal. It's going to be awesome. Uh, hey, you could always uh, you could always do the uh, start at Thursday morning and just go until uh, Friday morning. There just you go. You know, we talked hours. about that, the, the, the first ever. I know they did the show. Uh, I think I talked to Brett at GCW about we were looking to do it, and then, hmm, they ended up doing a 24-hour show. See, what we were looking to do was a 24-hour match. And it would be a gauntlet match. Right. You know, and we had to figure it out. Like, you know, how many guys do you need? You know what I mean? It's like 24 hours. If everybody went like 15 minutes, you know, that's two, three, that's five guys in an hour. And then whoever wins moves on, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like we needed like 60 or 70 guys just to make it possible. You know what I'm saying? Not that we couldn't do it because we could. Because yeah. I remember a guy like Vandegrift, Damian Drake, Sin Bodie, they were all like, we'll go an hour. We'll go an hour. And then it became like, oh, okay. So if we use an old character, can he come back as a new character? You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, 86er Remy Marcel and Whirlwind Gentleman Remy Marcel. You know, Hyper Streak and Greg Sharp. You know, we, trying to skirt the issue, you know, in that situation. So, you know, who knows? That could be something for the next collective. Yeah. Um, on the uh, on the card, um, uh... What did you think about um, Viva Van's performance? Um, I thought she was looking really good. And uh, Alice Blair is coming along very nicely. Yeah, you know, my issue is I expect the younger crew to train and be around. And I get work things and all the other stuff. But if this is what your goal is, it's hard to fit you in on a regular basis when you aren't around enough. Yeah. You know, that's great. Oh, working a show there and working a show there. But those are far and few in between. You're, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to improve if you're not at training. You know, that's the best part about training at FSW. You know, generally, there's so much talent to work your practice matches with. And then you got the hands-on trainers like Cody and Sin and Kenny, you know, that are the mainstays that get you ready for these things. Yeah. And the younger talent, you know, needs to be around. And, and that's always my biggest pet peeve, you know, with a lot of them. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. So you're not booked today. And you're a student, but you still don't show up to help because right. you're like, you know, you're at Funny Bones level or you're at, you know, Chris Bay's level. And that ain't how it fucking works, man. It's like you need to be there and be around. Yeah. You know, just like I use Eli Everfly, I could use two of Eli Everfly's students who want to come out and get on the show, which helps Eli because it offsets the gas costs. Right. You know, that's why seven people come from from Arizona, you know, Watson saw by showing up, he got on there. Then the other people saw that that's how Watson got on by helping. And when she was around, a Bryn Thorne would show up out of nowhere, you know, not booked. 
and then be like, oh, okay, we need a girl. So we would put Bryn in the spot. Yeah. And, and these guys and girls used to show up and, and kind of help out. And then, you know, if a spot came up, a pre-show match, a, a sixth person for a tag, you know, they were the ones who were likely to get it because the FSW person that lives 10 minutes away thought they weren't booked. So they had no interest in bothering to come down and, you know, be seen. Yeah. Um, and final thought on this past weekend, uh, what'd you think about uh, Damian Drake and uh, Jordan Oasis's match? You know, it ended up being similar to what I expected. You know, those guys both came into the office and were asking. Actually, Damian Drake was more asking. Oasis was kind of hanging around. And Damian Drake was like, hey, you got a match for me? You know, I'm I'm like, yeah, we're, you know, trying to figure it out. And they're like, oh, what about him? And and they're they're boys and everything. And it's like, you know, that'll be a good match. You know, it's a baby face, baby face thing, blah, blah, blah. And you could see as, as the match went on, you know, the difference is Damian Drake's up here. Jordan Oasis is over here. And Jordan Oasis has gotten a very good following with the crowd. The people like him. He's a good, talented wrestler, you know, but he just hasn't had that big win. And you could see as every big move happened and Damian Drake came, you know, kicked out, Jordan Oasis uh, showed a little frustration. You know, I'm going to assume that everything's cool after the match, but in the heat of the moment, if you're not disappointed that you didn't get the W, then what, what are you doing there? Right. You know what I mean? It's like that could be your your best friend. But, you know, there was the click with, you know, Chris Bay and Sefa and Shogun and Hero and, and that crew. And it was like they strove to be better than the other guy. Their goal was to be the best guy. And they weren't going to hold back in matches against them, you know. And some people have it in them to be a little more, uh, you know, forgiving of the rules uh, to take an advantage because been there, done that, you know. They're looking for a win. You know, we've seen that a lot in in wrestling, you know. Gregory Sharp was a guy early on that, man, he looked strong, but – wasn't able to get that win. Funny Bone was a guy that, man, he'd get opportunities to win championships, and and he would just come up short. Yeah. And generally, it takes time. You know, you know, Chris Bay won the Rumble against, against all odds. Wrestled Hammerstone. He lost the first year. He came back and he won the second year because he learned a lot in the year. You know, in wrestling, you know talked about it earlier, confidence and arrogance, you know, you also got to understand your, your, your strengths and your weaknesses. You know, you know what your limitations are, but sometimes early in your career, you don't bother to worry about those limitations. You just think you're going to plow through everybody. And once you realize that's not how it is, you're going to become a better wrestler, you know, and you're going to get those, those wins because you've earned them, you know, you know, it's kind of like when we bring in a name guy, it's like, you know, Davey Richards and Jacob Austin young, you know, that elevated Jacob Austin young in many people's eyes that hadn't really seen him in singles matches in a long time. And it was like the fact that he lost meant absolutely nothing. It meant, Holy shit, he went toe-to-toe with Davey Richards. He almost beat him. It could have went either way. And, you know, plus you want people to be like, oh, I can't believe that match. Davey Richards should have just fucking smashed him. Nah, nobody thinks that about that. I used to get tapes back in the early Vegas Extreme days. And people would send you VHSs because, hey, we we were starting something here in Vegas. And I remember this guy. I forgot his name. But uh, he ran the promotion. It was a SoCal guy. And if you said his name, I'd remember it. But I don't. And he sent me the tape. And, of course, he sent me a tape. He was wrestling Frankie Kazarian. And Kazarian at the time was, 
was getting a good rub. I believe he might have been on TNA at the time or whatever it was. And you watch the match. Kazarian's running circles around this dude. And all of a sudden it was like, bing, bang, boom. Oh, one, two, three. The other guy won. And it was just like, that is fucking atrocious. That I had to watch that. I could not suspend the belief that Frankie Kazarian can lose to this guy. Yeah. And, you know, that was my first indoctrination into, you know, the politicalness of, hey, this is my company. I'm going to bring in the name guy to beat him. You know? And I was always a guy that be happy you got the match. Then when you've earned it, then we'll worry about it. You know, that ties into something that kind of got a little buzz this week from WWE. And that is they've sent out questionnaires. And one of the questions was, uh, would you guys like a ranking system? Um, and of course, that's uh, something AEW started from their beginning. Um, do you think that's a little misleading? Uh, being that essentially the wins and losses in terms of a ranking might very well go against the logic of a storyline, which seems to be the better, the stronger way to go is telling a story. As opposed to, well, this person's 15 and 2, so obviously they're a winner. They get their shot. Um, and and just what you're saying, too, about earning things, does that also throw kind of a, a weird wrench into the idea of rankings? Because you could be 7 and 29, but you're showing that you're doing, during, doing the work to earn a chance to you know showcase yourself a little bit more because you've been putting in the work is that just something that is just because of the way wrestling is that it could work but most you know most people just it's really honestly good storytelling that sells people on wrestling rankings are first off they're just an opinion you know Secondly, you can make the rankings any way you want. You know, recently, Brian, with the wrestling scene here in Vegas, him and Fresco, they've come up with uh, their top 10 of what's going on in Las Vegas. And Sky High, one of our tag teams, awesome. They're ranked ahead of a team that is now our champions and defeated them to get that title shot. So, in my mind, how is that humanly possible? The last match they had, they lost. And you're making them number one. And Fresco's part of the uh, the committee. You know, we only know Fresco and Brian. We don't know who's part of the committee. I am not part of the committee. Okay? And it's like, I explain this to Fresco. And I say, dude. How is it possible? And now it becomes that conglomeration of things. Yeah, but they were ranked 10th last month, and now this month they're ranked third. I'm like, okay, so is it based off the entire year? Or I thought it was the best of March. So the best tag team in March. It shouldn't matter if you were not existent. If you came in and win three big matches, why shouldn't you be ranked number one? What is the – what? What factor does it have what you did in February? Right. So they have reasoning for why they do that. I don't know the reasoning. So I question it. Now, their their meaning can be perfect. And it could be exactly what needs to be said. But it's not said. It's like, hey, this is the rankings for this month. And... I'm like, okay, so is it like a college football poll where if I'm ranked number one and I'm Alabama and I lose to Georgia, who's ranked 10th, Georgia moves up to five and Alabama drops to number four. They're still ahead of Georgia, despite the fact they lost to him, because that's what happens in college football all the time is the perception of Alabama is the best team. They lost on the road, so they shouldn't really be penalized, even though they lost 21-17 to a really good Georgia team. 
Yeah, right. you know what I mean. Yeah. So it's like you could do the rankings that way, but as a person who looks at the rankings, and I always think my guys should be way higher, as does everybody else's. But to me, they want, and it was like, yeah, you know, but they won the best of the West titles in Vegas. I get you. That was earlier in the month. Later in the month, TBD smashed him to become the number one contender. Right. And then the same month, they won the tag titles. Right. So those two big victories for the month were bigger than the other team that went one and one and lost to that team. Now, anybody, and that's the thing, you know, I could sit here and argue that all day. And Fresco will argue the other way all day. Right. The bottom line is it's their poll. So they don't need to go and justify to Joe DeFalco why they did. Right. So if Joe DeFalco does a poll and then all of a sudden I leave off certain people, now it's, well, Joe DeFalco's biased because he runs FSW. He doesn't care about anybody else. Right. You know what I mean? And it's the same thing if somebody else does it. Then Joe DeFalco says, well, yeah, they're biased to the FSW guys. You know what I mean? So it's a ranking. It's something for – it's just another thing for somebody to go on Facebook and squawk about. Yeah. You know? Yeah. When you're ranked here and then another guy's ranked here and you're like, what the fuck? I'm better than that guy. Well, again, it has nothing to do with being better. It has to be doing with supposedly what you did wrestling that month. Yeah. So, you know, maybe one day we can have Brian come on and uh, explain to us how how the rankings work. You know, he's, you know, he's like you. As long as I'm giving him the rub, he'll be more than happy to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, with with Meltzer and and Alvarez coming up with – you know, their uh, little Q&A, uh, you know, th- the collective weekend, uh, AEW weekend, um, you know, why not have uh, a wrestling journalist on the show and uh, explain the rating? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. journalist, yeah. that's loosely termed right there. Oh. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> you got uh, a future shot coming up here on uh, May 7th. Um what are you looking to do with that future shock? Because after that one, then it's uh, full steam ahead into the uh, the full tilt collective weekend uh, for Memorial Day weekend. So, what uh, what are you looking at for future shock? And do you already have uh, some of the matches or some of the talent uh, already locked in? Yeah, you know, the Arizona crew that definitely uh, the Devin Reno, Blair Brody, and John Wolfgang, they're, they're, they're going to be here. You know, a few of those other guys are going to be there. And if there's some spots, uh, we haven't talked about uh, the newest debut of the uh, New Talent Initiative. He'll return, uh, A.J. Mana, uh, oh, yeah. you know, the Samoan shooter, you know, yeah. recommended to us courtesy of Toa Leona. And he is a graduate of Knox Pro uh, with Rikishi. Yeah. So, you know, we have big hopes for this kid. You know, uh, we, we think he definitely has it. And, you know, yes. we're going to see. We're going to give him opportunities. And, you know, we got a couple of guys like that. You know, Big Duke, Duke Lawrence. Yeah. He's a guy that we've seen around. He's been training at FSW. And, you know, we feel you know, under some guidance from our trainers that, you know, Duke can break out and, you know, do some damage in the, in the heavyweight division. So I believe he's going to be there, you know? So, you you know, we're definitely looking at uh, Cal Jack, uh, one of the experienced guys, he's going to be on hand. Uh, Brett, the threat's going to be there. So however, the twain, the twins may meet. Uh, Jay Vidal will once again have his future shock open challenge for the No Limits uh, Championship. Uh, I believe I have to verify, but 
But I also believe the tag team champions, TBD, are going to be on hand. So, again, it, it's going to be a mixture. You know, we got definitely some new guys and some new people that are looking for opportunities and, you know, trying to get them to, to, to squeeze themselves a spot, uh, you know, on, on the roster and picking up a big victory. Uh, you know, there's another guy out of state who's going to be in town, I guess, uh, Ricky and Big Valley, they're doing the uh, taco, some taco festival on May 7th throughout the day. So a few of those guys uh, who I'm aware of hit me up about the possibility of working. So, you know, might give them might give them a shot. You know, uh, Oliver Canada, who's been impressive both outings, uh, who brings a huge fan following with him. You know, the family and friends, uh, uh, you know, he'll be on hand. So, you know, the question becomes, you know, who else are we going to add to the mix? You know, I have to get that list to uh, Joey and Remy, I believe. Uh, Cody, I believe he's running a seminar earlier that day. <laughs> and I know a bunch of the Arizona crew. So we might have Cody wrestle uh, who we thought was the most impressive in the seminar uh, as another match on that show. So. Yeah, that's a cool idea. I think that's that's really uh, – when you can add a, uh, an incentive to a seminar, that is – I mean, that's brilliant. And uh, and you know that Cody knows, you know, that talent when he feels it in the ring with them. So that's a cool idea. Um, and then, again, Full Tilt uh, – you know, weekend is coming up. Uh, it's going to be May 26th through the 29th, uh, Memorial Day weekend, AEW weekend. Uh, any new news coming out of that front? Well, yeah. You know, first off, it's like this is who's going to be performing at the weekend collective at the Silver Nugget alone, just at the Silver Nugget. The Briscoe brothers, Matt Cardona. Josh Alexander, Kenny King, Hammerstone, Trey Miguel, uh, you know, the list goes on and on. Tom Lawler, you know, guys from GCW, Effie, and Nick Gage, and uh, Second Gear Crew, and on our end, guys like Funny Bone, and Vandegriff, and, and Death Proof, and Damian Drake, and Rich Swan and... Willie Mack, you know, these are the names that are going to be there. It's like through the fucking roof, Chris Bay, you know, and then on Thursday, Davey Richards, he's going to be working only Thursday and Friday. So he's just working for FSW that weekend. So he'll be in Thursday night uh, working that show. Uh, Luck of the draw. We got Anthony Green. We got Richard Holiday from MLW, you know, Uh, we got Funny Bone. We got Remy. You know, we we got guys from the East Coast that are going to be around that are highly talented. Jared Diaz, Travis Titans coming back. Uh, he's getting himself down there. Percy Drews. So we got a lot of a mixture. Uh, Viva Van's going to be there on the Thursday uh, show uh, and the Friday. She'll be representing FSW. Uh, I believe we're talking about an eight-person tag. Uh that on the revolver side, Billy Starks is going to be the woman representative for uh, revolver. So uh, Mike Bailey, you know, you know, we've been talking and we're still finalizing the card, but, you know, we're looking at a Mike Bailey, uh, Matt Vandegrift match, you know, Jay Vidal is going to be there. Uh, JT Dunn is the revolver champion. So, um, We've decided that the very first ever and head trainer and all that, Kenny King, is going to be challenging JT Dunn for the revolver title on that show. And Hammerstone's going to be there. And the question becomes, you know, who's Hammerstone working? So, you know, there is so much talent, you know, that is going to be there. You know, for luck of the draw, the first match we have signed, we haven't even put out yet. Uh, is going to be for the No Limits Championship, and it's going to be Jay Vidal against Anthony Green. So, nice. you know, that's a, a matchup that should excite some people on the scene. And, you know, 
we're still working out, you know, who's, who's Davey going to work? You know, there's a lot of people who have uh, mentioned Gregory Sharp in, in, in that uh, grouping uh, of names. And there's still other guys that we've, we're talking with, trying to figure out scheduling, things like that. Uh, we were hoping to have uh, Trey Miguel. Not Trey Miguel, I'm sorry. Uh, we're, Josh Alexander on the Friday show, but he was booked elsewhere. So Josh is just going to be appearing for uh, Revolver on the Saturday show. So, and you know Matt Cardona is going to be there Friday and Saturday night. So, yeah. and we're also talking. You know, we got D'Lo Brown on commentary. So you know we're loading everything up, man. There's going to be you know vendor tables. You know there could be uh, you know podcast tables. There could be a lot of different. You know, now we're in the process of trying to get those sponsors and get the vendors uh, because, you know, Saturday we're going to be there from 11 in the morning till 11 at night. So, you know, having people, there's going to be people around the entire day. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely exciting. And uh, what a list of names. And that's, you know, just a, a, a quarter of the talent. So. Um, that's going to be really impressive. Um, and I would assume uh, anyone who isn't here in Vegas, uh, Fight TV is probably going to be one of your keys to uh, seeing uh, action. Yeah. Vegas. O- only Black Label Pro, they have a deal with IWTV. So luck of the draw will probably be on the FSW network. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe we'll do a joint package. Uh, GCW is definitely going to be on Fight TV. FSW Revolver and the Revolver shows, they're going to be on Fight TV. So, So again, uh, if you guys are coming out for uh, AEW and, uh, you know, get your tickets uh, earlier because that's it's it's going to be a very uh, crowded weekend, shall we say. Uh, you know, a lot of people are going to be coming to uh, these shows, so uh, get them now. Right, get your tickets, you know, I the direct link. Uh, but you know what? We're doing more than one show, so it's fswvegas.com. Uh, we're also offering a special uh, general admission ticket to uh, FSW Revolver and Black Label on Friday. And then Revolver and then the GCW shows on Saturday. So it's four shows and the cost is going to be 110 bucks, which includes the uh, LET fee. So it's 25 bucks a ticket. And in most cases, if you buy a general admission from each, each, each show, it would definitely be more than $110. So you can only get, only get that on the website. Yeah. So that's an important thing to look into get the savings because uh, it's going to be well worth it. Um, as we uh, kind of uh, wrap up, start looking to wrap up here, um, you know, one of the things we've talked about in the past uh, is how social media now does affect uh, the ability for wrestlers to get noticed. Um, and uh, one of the big announcements that just came down is Mr. Elon Musk is uh Apparently going to be buying Twitter. Um, first off, is this something that might affect, uh, you know, wrestlers' abilities to promote themselves? And the second thing is, if you had $44 billion, what would you do with it, Joe? <laughs> uh, I would definitely do more than just buy Twitter. I don't know if it would, I don't know if, if to me it's, it's valuable at $44 billion, but... <sighs> I, if it, I had that kind of money, I'd probably buy a, a baseball or a football team myself. Seriously, right? I mean, but it, but in terms of uh, you know something that could very well be privatized uh, to an extent of uh, people stop wanting to use it. Um, is it? Are we already starting to get past the Twitter phase, especially with younger people being? 
Um, we're so sold on uh, Instagram and even more sold on something like TikTok. Um, could this in the end just kind of end Twitter's relevancy in some ways in helping uh, wrestlers being able to promote themselves? Not at all. You know, uh, when I'm talking to wrestlers, it's generally still Facebook and Twitter. You know, I'm, I'm not I'm I am personally other than seeing a picture that was on Instagram that I saw through Facebook. I've never been on Instagram or TikTok. You know what I mean? And I get it. I'm 56. So it's a little different. But the easiest way for me to do business is Facebook. Then the second easiest is Twitter because it's easy to send a message to future stars of wrestling. Hey, if I want to find out a booking for a Malachi Black, all I got to do is go on Twitter. I'm not going to find it on Facebook. So those two kind of come hand in hand. You know, I'll find messages and sometimes I'll talk to people and it's through Facebook and sometimes it's through Twitter. Once in a blue moon, it's actually through a fucking text message. You know what I mean? That's, that's kind of shocking, but you know, that that's also in play on 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 a very rare occasion. <laughs> um, and the final question regarding social media and usage um, as a promoter and and as wrestlers uh, would would something like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all these social media sites, if they started charging for usage, would you consider paying a fee to continue to use it so you can get your business done? Or would you uh, essentially find a different avenue uh, if, you know, there's things being implemented in terms of being charged to use uh, these tools that a lot of us have to use to uh, promote? Well, the invention of social media has destroyed the advertising business when it comes per se, you know, the newspaper stuff that that's been gone by the wayside for a very long time. Right. Uh, you know, TV was always a, a great option, but then they invented the, the DVRs and TiVos and stuff like that. So we saw the drop off promoting our shows and spending five, six hundred dollars for a spot on Monday Night Raw when most people weren't even watching it live anyway. So you had to move on to the next thing. And, you know, to this day, I think billboards are very valuable. But with billboards, they've found a way to electronically make them. So instead of having a billboard up, and a lot of people couldn't afford that billboard because it was five grand for the month or whatever it is. Now... You can pay twelve hundred dollars. Yeah, probably five thousand for a week. Sorry, not a month, because it's probably about a thousand dollars. But you get ten seconds, and it runs for a week, and it runs every minute for ten seconds. So now you got a thousand dollars from six or seven people. So now they're paying seven thousand a day instead of four thousand a day. That if you just rented it yourself, and then. You get it for a week. So, you know, at the end of the month, it's almost $30,000 for what might have been a ten dollars or $15,000 a month billboard. But it becomes affordable to somebody like me who can't spend $20,000, $30,000 on a billboard. You know, I remember, I forgot what it was, but uh, I think it was the anniversary show. Ice Williams, I thought he Photoshopped it. The, the the big billboard right outside Thomas and Max. So when you're coming out of the airport, he had a billboard about himself. And I swear when I saw it, I thought he just photoshopped it. And then he told me the price and I was surprised because it wasn't nearly as much as I thought. It might have been four or five hundred bucks or something just for the day. Wow. And then it's a discount, obviously, if you get it for the seven days. So say five hundred times seven, thirty five hundred. It's probably 2000 you know, yeah. if you get it for the week or, or whatever it was. And those things, you can't turn off the billboard like you can a TV. You know, you know where the traffic goes. Yeah. You know, and we've done the billboards in the past, you know, 
and they're they're cool. It looks great when they're up there. You know, I remember the first billboard we had was was uh, Matt Hardy was on the nice. billboard, and Rebby was working. I think uh, it was Tyshawn Prince, Remy Marcel, and Bryce Harrison. And we even had the electronic ones after that, and you know they look great. Yeah. You know, and and it's a way to get it out there. You know, I've always wanted to do it coming in from California, like AEW weekend. That might be a good time. So all yeah. of a sudden, pro wrestling, you know, weekend collective, and all of a sudden you have on there the Briscoes and Cardona and Josh Alexander and Rich Swan and all these names that are going to be there. There's going to be a lot of people who may not be aware of it. And they're going to be yeah. like, holy shit, all these motherfuckers are going to be here. I'm going to have to buy tickets. So, you know, that's definitely uh, something that I got to hit Lamar uh, billboards up. Because you never know. There might be some that are on the outskirts that are still in California. You know, you still got to pass them. You yeah. know, it doesn't matter if it's the XXYYZZ road. You know what I mean? It's like if there's a billboard there, it might be a third of the price yeah. than it is there. The thing is, those, they might not have them electronic. They might just be the ones that just stay up there because, you know, nobody wants to get up there and get bit by a rattlesnake. You know what I mean? Um, any final words, Joe, for uh, for the listeners for this week? Yeah. You know, if you're a wrestling fan – and first off, if you listen to this show, you got to be a hardcore wrestling fan or an FSW wrestler who's trying to see if I talked about you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, bottom line is, you know, there's so much going on. Take advantage of it. You know, we, we, we have a great core base of regulars. But so far, a lot of the early tickets being sold for the FSW Revolver show and Luck of the Draw, you know, I'm seeing, you know, people from New York and Chicago and, and, and Minnesota, you know, that have bought tickets because they're going to be in town. So that yeah. means we're doing a decent enough job on Twitter for those people, because that's, that's the advantage of Twitter. You know, I, I, I hashtag, you know, GCW and black label and revolver and GCW we know has a huge following. So right. somebody's coming in, for AEW and GCW on the Saturday, they see they're working with this company from Vegas. Oh, shit. And they, they, they got Hammerstone and Chris Bay. Oh, and they had Kevin Cross. Oh, that must be a good company. I don't. I, I heard of them, but I don't really know a lot about them. Oh, shit. You know, Davey Richards is on the show. Kenny King. Well, I'm looking at this Deuces Wild, you know, Trey Miguel. So it's like once you put more of the card out and you see people that are on it, it gives you that opportunity because – Again, if you've watched GCW, then you know who Matt Vandegrift and Damian Drake and Jay Vidal are. You know, they, yeah. they wrestled on it. Uh, Nick Wayne's going to be part of our show on that Friday. Uh, unfortunately, he's booked elsewhere on the Thursday. You know, we've been wanting to do the Nick Wayne versus the Young Prodigy Bodie ever since the EC3 seminar where Nick Wayne wrestled Bodie in yeah. supposedly a Matt Classic. So. <laughs> that's that's uh, that's i i would pay i would pay a lot in fact uh you know nick wayne apparently has a uh an AEW contract in waiting when he becomes legal uh why not showcase bodie and him and uh, get bodie that contract too yeah you know i don't understand dark order negative one uh he, he's on the shows why does nick wayne have to wait till he's 18 I uh, I would actually now that you said that I'd love to see uh, Bodie versus Negative One. Oh, he'll destroy him. <laughs> well, he'll smash him. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, it, it, you know it's you know uh, it's it's fun to to contemplate at young ages where those two or a guy like Nick Wayne as well will end up uh, in uh, 20 years. Um, and I bet you that those guys all cross paths a number of times, but, um, again, people, uh, FSW network, man, six ninety nine a month, um, future shock again, coming up on May 7th. So you pay the six ninety nine, you can see future shock live. 
uh, and also go back and watch uh, this past uh, uh, High Octane, the, the Ground Zero, and uh, you know check out Bateman's return and, and how uh, Cody handled that match. It was really good. And like we said, and Jay Vidal and Eli Everfly was amazing. The rest of the card was such a shot, solid card. Seven bucks, seven dollars. That's it. So, yeah, people um, are paying fifteen or twenty to watch one event. Yeah, we're gonna give you two or three of them. Yeah, and uh, and it's good stuff. So uh, definitely check it out. Uh, and. Um, if you can make it down to the FSW Arena on May 7th, check out Future Shock. And again, highly encourage people to get your tickets for the uh, Full Tilt Weekend because uh, it's just going to be a lot of uh, a lot of ticket sales going on. And uh, you don't want to miss out uh, if you want to go to all the events uh, or, you know, some of the events. Uh, get those tickets uh, as soon as possible. Uh, other than that, guys, uh, thank you for tuning in. And uh, we hope you have a good week, and we'll see you guys next time.